You've heard it, we've all heard it, words matter. What we don't hear is that words matter because they are matter. This insight, along with others we cover on this show, gives you a superpower. The ability to harness the power of words to revolutionize workplaces and the world. The power to create cultures where productivity soars, profits rise, and people feel included and inspired. As with all superpowers, you have to learn how to manage it. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about getting intentional with your communication eyes, your inputs, aka words and language, to get the O's, the outcomes, aka the results, the impact that you want. Join me, your host, Erica Mills Barnhart, and my amazing guests as we explore the wild and wonderful world of Communicate I.O. Hello, hello to the Communicate I.O. podcast. I am Erica Mills Barnhart, communication expert, your host, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about, do you have a plan for your communication plan? (laughs) Do you have a communication plan for your communication plan, to be more specific? Uh, Three things inspire me to focus on planning in this episode. Number one, I was watching a movie the other day. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it off the top of my head. But anyway, I was watching a movie, kind of a cute rom-com, nothing too heavy. Sure, that narrows it down for everyone. (laughs) Um, Anyway, central to this rom-com was this phrase, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So it was a central theme. So it's like stuck in my head. And it's not like the first time I've heard it. I don't know who coined it. Oh, actually, they even said that. Man, I've gotten over COVID. I got to tell you, I just can't remember anything. It's that, that, that brain fog. I didn't realize it when I was going through the experience. But in retrospect, holy schmoly, like... It just, it seriously, literally fogged me out. It's a little like, I'm going to get to the point in the planning here in a second, but for anybody who has had young children, I look back and I'm like, I shouldn't have been able to drive. Like I just was not getting any sleep. And um, this feels different, of course, but similar. But I am on the other side now and I have never been so grateful for my health and my energy. So, okay. So this phrase, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's just being, you know, on repeat in my brain. This is likely, likely because I'm talking to a lot of leaders, like why this really stuck in my craw was because I'm I'm talking to a lot of leaders about planning, communication planning, what they plan to do, you know, with their marketing, with their messaging, both internally and externally in 2023. And I'm hearing things that worry me about when set planning might take place. This brings me to number three. That was number two, my worry around what I'm hearing about the timing of the planning. Number three is, so I was taking a gander at the data from Claxton's communication leadership quiz, and a couple of things jumped out at me that I'm going to share. We're going to start here and work backward, okay? We're going to talk about number three, then number two, then number one. If you haven't taken the quiz, push pause and go take it. The link is in the show notes. It'll give you some really fascinating and, inst- and instantaneous insight on your communication, 
So do that. Also, you'll have a bit of context for what I'm about to share. You can you can keep listening, like if you're out for a walk or whatever, and you're like, Erica, that's not happening right now. I totally get it at your leisure, but sooner rather than later. Okay. So about the data that was interesting to me or the results, when asked if a respondent was crystal clear on their goals and priorities for the next 90 days, 48% of respondents said yes, leaving 52% in the either straight up no or sorta. That's, that's actually the category's name, sorta. But then there, this is where things get spicy from a, like a dorky data interpretation perspective, at least. In response to the following question, do your 90-day goals align with your overall organizational goals? 59% said yes, and 27% said mainly. So only 10% said no, 4% were like, I'm not sure. Okay, but so if we put together no and the 4%, so 14% were kind of like, not really, but here's, I got a little, I'm like, how can this possibly be true? Because if if you, how can you know if your 90-day goals align with your organizational goals if you don't have 90-day goals, right? It sort of like makes my brain cramp, which 30% totally didn't. You know, they said that they don't know what their 90-day goals are. And 22% kind of sort of did. I don't know. This is right. Like it just seems like something's not adding up here when it comes to goal setting, which is obviously a big part of planning. Sorry, I just like threw a whole bunch of like numbers at you. That's not real. Don't, don't worry about remembering those or anything. Just there's a disconnect between align knowing your 90 day goals and knowing the extent to which those align with your organizational goals for the same period. I will share a little ray of sunshine with you related to vision. There's a question that says, do you keep your organization's vision, where you're going and why, front and center in your day-to-day work? 68% said always. I just love that. Always. It's always there. 26% picked, shh, don't tell, but no. (laughs) Yes, also an actual, you know, like legit response. And then 6% said, I would if we had one. If you want to make the world a better place and don't have a clear-cut vision for what that looks like, that's its own problem related to communication because you need a statement, a set of words and letters put together to articulate that. That's an episode for a different day. Um, but if, if this was you that where you feel this way, like, oh, we're not crystal clear on our vision, shh, don't tell, but book a discovery call with me so we can get this sorted out for you. Because you really, that's like having no North Star. You're just sort of ambiguously wandering about over time that's uh, going to come come back to haunt you. But anyway, 68% said yes. And I just, I thought that was super cool. I love that. Very visionary. Okay. So that was the third reason, right? I was looking at this data and I'm like, what the, what, what is going on with that? Now back to number two, we're just peeking on the other side of summer. So 2023 seems like a long ways off because we're, you know, we're just in September. But when it comes to planning your marketing and communication, now's the time to carp that diem. It is. I know some of you are like, it's only September. We're fine. We've got time. To that, I say yes and no. So, I mean, yeah, you can kick the can to Q4, but especially if you work for a nonprofit, you and I both know Q4 is already booked up with year-endedness, right? With just everything, you know, end of year annual appeals and wrapping up projects and all sorts of things. And regardless of which sector you're in, if you live in the United States, you really only have till the Wednesday before American Thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving's earlier in Canada. Some of you have to like the first week of December, but then regardless, like it's hard to get anyone's attention because everyone is slipping into holiday mode. It's a little like August in the Pacific Northwest and in vast parts of Europe. You just like nobody, they're like, that's cool. I'm going to get to that when I'm back. So, so the window is not until January 1st. It's really until, you know, mid third week of November, maybe first week of December, but I think that's pushing it personally. With all that said, that's not even the real issue. The real issue is that if you wait to just, like you could get your communication plan done. Okay, right. You set aside whatever, some amount of time in, in December, let's say you can muster the attention and the focus to do that, that's too late. You are going to undermine the success of whatever is in that plan, right? Because you need to communicate about the communication plan. You need time to socialize the plan internally. And if you're just like, I don't know, squidgied up your face or we're like, what the, what, what, Erica? Let, let Let me just break this down for you. Where I see so many organizations miss out is that they, you know, like they create the plan, which is amazing because actually a lot of organizations don't even have a communication plan. So like I'm high-fiving you for getting the plan done, but it's only seen by the communication marketing, maybe the fundraising team, depending on how you're structured. This is a massive missed opportunity, like alert, alert, alert. Yes, a set of people not on the communication marketing team or whatever you call it, outreach, engagement, whatever. A set of people need to know about it who have not who do not sit on your team, right? Even if they're not expected to implement the plan. Because why? Because communication is a team sport. It's a team sport. And if your plan includes, by the way, updated high-level messaging, everyone needs to know about the plan because word of mouth marketing is still the biggest source, biggest source, the biggest driver of engagement, especially for nonprofit organizations. Okay. So if it involves updated messaging, that really needs to be in everyone communication plan for your communication plan. If it doesn't, you still must ensure that the teams and the people who are going to be most supported by the communication plan know that they know what you're up to, right? Because Marketing and communication are a means to an end. Their whole purpose, especially with external communication and marketing, is to what? Support organizational goals, right? Mm, episode three or four, we'll put it in the show notes, says don't set marketing goals, do this instead. Okay, go listen to that, right? This is really important. Even if you, again, even if you expect nothing, even if they do not need to type or lift a finger to type or anything as it relates to communication plan, Here's the reason to communicate about the communication plan. It's a way of saying, it's an opportunity, and these do not come along often. It's a a moment where you say, we're all on the same team. We are all headed in the same direction, assuming you have a vision statement. (laughs) And we're here to support you. We've got your back, right? We've got your back. For tired, worn out teams and organizations, leaders in particular, this is very important right now. It's very important. It's why I wrote the book Recharge, you know, how to energize your team one word at a time, because you, like you can't bring your A game if you're this tired. And uh, I'm sure you've seen the research too. Um, people are really tired. They're really tired, right? So this is, it's a big moment. The flip side of that is it's a, it's a massive missed opportunity. I actually do not see this done well very often. Do not see this done well very often. So 
it can be energizing. It can be a boost. It can be a connection point. So many things. So, I mean, just another sort of related piece to this. If there's anything unexpected, if there's anything you're going to do differently, try differently. You know what? Right now, people not so much into surprises. Like there's a lot of people who just don't like surprises at all. Maybe a fantastic birthday party surprise. But even that, like if you don't like surprises, you don't like surprises. And our central nervous systems, thank you so much, the COVID, they're just fried. So surprises like freak out our nervous systems. They make us have these just very elevated responses to something that's not, we should not be afraid of, right? It's not scary. We're just going to try a different tactic. You know, we're going to like, I don't know, rather than I'm going to totally make this up on the fly, but like maybe you're, maybe you're going to get on TikTok. Let's just use TikTok. I have seen a few, an increasing number of organizations because TikTok is the fastest growing social media platform really start using TikTok to great effectiveness. Now, if you're going to add a how, right, that's a how, it's a mechanism, it's a tactic. You have to be, you know, get real about what's going to be taken off the plate, unless you have expanding resources, unless you have expanding resources. If this is new territory, and all of a sudden you're like, we're going to be on TikTok, like people are going to be like, we're going to, you're, what? 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 And then what starts happening, it erodes trust because they're like, why? Right? Why? People really do better with change. This is not just related to planning. We all do better as humans with change when we understand the why. So you want to get this on people's radar. And there's a whole bunch of different ways to do this, right? I'm happy to brainstorm with you about how to communicate about your communication plan. The goal is actually for it to be on the radar enough that the novelty wears off. That whatever the new thing, you know, uh, that comes along, they're like, yeah, just like they told us, Google. Okay, it builds trust. It builds up the authority and social capital of the communications and marketing team, which can is, is a, a whole thing that is real. I've experienced it firsthand, right? So again, this is just a massive opportunity on many, many, many fronts. It does mitigate what I refer to as the Maverick effect. And I just want to go on record right here, right now, as saying I did enjoy Maverick, you know, the most recent Top Gun movie. But that was around long before Maverick was Maverick, even before the first Top Gun. I'm just talking in general. <laughs> and I, when I was, you know, in a director of communication and development position, I did. I refer to these people as Mavericks, right? They would go rogue. And that was gently would like be like, I see that that's how we're supposed to do our one pagers or that's how we're supposed to have our signature line. But I don't like that. I'm just going to do it my way anyway. Um, let me interpret this. Let me translate it for you. You didn't tell me why this can benefit me, my team, and what I care about. So I don't see the value in it. Um, I might not understand the consequences either. So I just feel like I can do this. And so I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. Okay. I know it sounds like such a small thing. And I'm picking small things, right? On purpose. Because those small things, right? The law of little things, the law of little things, they add up and they undermine your communication, which in turn undermines your ability to achieve your mission and get results. It slows you down. It is a drag on the system, even, even little things, right? So that is the reason, okay? You want to get ahead of the curve and you don't want to be behind the eight ball on this, which is sadly where most people find themselves. You know, I wrote that and then I was like, what does that expression even mean? Where does it come from behind the eight ball? I mean, I was like sort of thinking billiards or pool. Um, so I had to look it up. So I'm going to share it with you just because just because we love words on this podcast, right? Okay, it comes to us. It's colloquial. Don't worry. You know, we're just using it in everyday parlance. About 1920, same time as 
prohibition in the United States. There might be a connection there. It means in trouble or an awkward position, out of luck. And it comes from pocket billiards or pool, depending on where you live in the world, where in certain games, if the number eight ball is behind the cue ball and object ball, no, between the cue ball and the object ball, the player cannot make a straight shot. Okay, so that's where it comes from. I found that I found that moderately interesting, not like riveting, but moderately interesting. You want to get ahead of the curve and not find yourself behind the eight ball when it comes to communicating about your communication plan for all the reasons that I just spoke. Okay. Early and often, that's what you want your mantra to be about this, right? This whole communicating about the communication plan. And you know, it doesn't have it does this does not need to be a big full-blown thing that causes stress for you. It can be pretty simple. Put intention behind getting the attention of both external and internal audiences, you know, as necessary for, you know, the external communication plan for those audiences. Same, same Z's for your internal audiences. Put the intention behind getting their attention. But the exact same, the exact same method, you know, you're going to apply it. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you can just sing along with me at this point. What, who, how, what, who, how, always grounded in the why. What, who, how, right? This is the Claxon method for, for anyone who's new to the podcast. One, welcome. Two, this is the Claxon method. This is what we work. This is what works magic for organizations. What does success look like? Who is your target audience? How are you going to reach them in that order? I break each of those down in previous podcast episodes. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, Good stuff if you haven't listened to it before. Good reminders, even if you have. Um, Full transparency, I have to remind myself of this. You know, we all jump to the how. We have to hold ourselves accountable to starting with the what and the who before the how. Okay. So I want to circle back to the somewhat odd responses, at least to me, maybe to you, like that makes perfect sense to me, Erica, that I mentioned, right? That the, the response is about having a sense for your 90 day goals, but not really knowing if those align or if, I, the, the, the disconnect between clarity about lack of clarity around your 90 day goals, but clarity about how they align with the organizational goals that I mentioned at the beginning. There's an emotional side to planning. And this is what I want to touch on before we close out, because this is, you know, it's not talked about that much. This is one of the things that makes it sort of unique of, about working with me and working with Claxon and the way that we operate and the resources that, that we offer. We're going, to, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about the feeling side and the emotional side because it matters. We're going to talk about the subconscious as it relates to the conscious. If you just stay in the conscious mind, and that rational space, you're kind of fooling yourself a little bit. So I want, I want to touch on this before we close. Specifically, I want to talk about why you might find people reticent to set goals, to really engage in planning at all, and specifically to set goals. Like what I see quite often is like we're planning and really what you're doing is making a to-do list of hows, right? Like how you're going to reach the people um, rather than actually developing a plan. And it boils down to really two things. One, fear, fear of failure. Or two and two, and or two, depending, wanting to protect your team, your people. And these are related, right? If you're a leader, you, I mean, none of us, failure doesn't feel great. And as much as we can, conscious mind, be like, no, failure is good. We learn from failure. That's your conscious mind. Your subconscious is like, don't do it. That's not safe. That's not safe, right? So if you're your leader, you want your team to feel you know, you feel protected of them, right? You want them to feel successful, motivated, inspired, doing their best work, all of those things. You worry that if they don't, if they fail, they'll feel cruddy about themselves, their work. And that, uh, so that, you know, it's a valid concern if you're a compassionate person, but if you don't set goals, 
right? So this is the cute sort of end run that you can do. You just don't set the goals because if you don't set goals, if you don't have goals or metrics, there's little risk of failure because there's no benchmark against which to gauge how things are going. Yep. So that's sort of an interesting, and I, I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with clients on this, like really getting that setting goals and doing the planning is compassionate. It is kind on so many levels. Not having that clarity creates confusion. Confusion creates chaos and chaos is costly. It's very costly, right? You've heard me talk about this statistic before, just on internal communication, 20% of employees' time is lost to ineffective communication. This is billions of dollars. Just take your payroll and times it times 20%. You're losing that. And that is solely, solely ineffective written communication that causes confusion. So just multiply that, you know, right? There's a ripple effect to that into external communication. There's a huge cost associated with not planning, not being clear, okay? Over time, this, this lack of planning, this lack of a willingness to kind of be vulnerable and brave a little bit, it can feel like that to folks. It keeps you from achieving your mission and realizing your vision. It holds you back versus catapulting you forward. Yes, it can be scary and it's important. So I wanted to daylight, I'm not going to go on and on about this, but I wanted to daylight the emotional barriers to planning because they're often overlooked, like I said. And um, it's just as important as the strategy and tactics involved in the planning itself. Yeah. So if you're listening, let's just circle back to the practical, to the practical nature of planning here. And you're like, oh my gosh, she's like, it is whatever day it is in September. We're almost mid-September. We're supposed to have this done by like early October. No flipping way. We can't do it. Deep breath. Deep breath. Book a discovery call with me. I have a surefire research back, actually pretty fun way to help you get this done in time to communicate your communication plan. Okay, while still being, it's still an inclusive process. I, I'm mindful that often acceleration is at the expense of inclusion. That is not the case. Inclusion is intentionally built in um, to every, every process that I do with clients. So discovery call, book it, let's do it. Let's get her done, as they say. Okay, that is it for today, my friend. Thank you for listening. And more importantly, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for making the world a better place. If you enjoyed this episode of the Communicate IO podcast, you know what to do next. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Leading can be hard. Communication doesn't need to be. If you're interested in having your organization or team learn how to communicate I.O., I would love to hear from you. Get in touch at info at Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a leader who is making our workplaces and our world better places to be.